of you would-be divas should all be gonged. Matt Stryker, you should be gonged. Everybody here in the Detroit area who bought a ticket to watch this stuff should all be gone. And except for me and Josh Matthews, this whole NXT show should be gone. The future is now. Something I'm here with you. If you don't count on me, wait, if you don't bet on me, you don't have a clue. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. I am recording. <laughs> recording. They broke the mold when they made him. I am perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of Batista's song. Yeah! <laughs> what does it say? I walk the fuck. Oh, I walk. I, I, I walk alone. It, that's a chorus, but I forget what the first line is. I really? hella don't know. I just hear like a man make a noise with his voice. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm gonna look it up after. <laughs> and hold on, because <laughs> I have my. <laughs> Hold on, we have my headphones still on, which is gonna make noise. <laughs> Screw it, this is... <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of NXT, or I should say, of Half K NXT. This is your boy, Primo Nando. <laughs> and your boy, Larry Larry, aka Puff Bagwell. <laughs> Puff Bagwell. <laughs> I was going to call out Zigglypuff later, but you already beat me to it with this one. <laughs> Puff Bagwell. Oh, now. my God. That, that's too good. And, uh, yeah, we decided just to roll with this intro because why not? <laughs> uh, sometimes you just got to get the most natural. You get the outtake that became an intro. So the, for, uh, for our loyal listeners, this is the first time we were leaving a outtake as the official intro. So oh, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. So, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and yeah, definitely, before we get started, I was going to say that definitely from the season premiere last week, I will say that this episode is leaps and bounds ahead of what we had to watch last week, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure, and uh, I can't wait to talk about certain things that happened in this episode. Oh, dude, so... Every week I do the rundown list just to make sure that we're stay on task for the episodes. So I watched the episodes probably for five minutes just to kind of like skim through everything to write down the lineup notes. And 
when I was watching this episode, I was like, dude, I cannot watch. I cannot wait to actually watch this episode in full because I just want to see everything, all the shenanigans that happen in this episode. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great word for it, too. Shenanigans like this episode was just filled with shenanigans everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in case uh, in case if this is your first time listening, this is uh, NXT season three where it's a all female rookie cast compared to the first two seasons where it was all males and then we had lay cool as a pro team on season two but this is technically the first time that all the women are rookies and yeah this season also only has six rookies as opposed to the standard eight that we were used to but yeah man i think there's a lot of meat on this uh on this bone that we should probably get straight into it because there's a lot to talk about i think mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so this is technically episode 30, even though that they don't number them anymore on the network. So technically it's episode September 14th, 2010, coming from the infamous Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. I know WWE loves going to the Joe Lewis Arena, but I don't know if that's still the name of it or if they closed it down or if they renamed it. I don't hear it as often now or no, actually, I lie. I I remember AEW recently. I, I think maybe they just maybe there's a bigger one in that area that mm. WWE goes to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I kind of do remember AEW either have gone to the Joe Lewis Arena or they're gonna up, you know, in their upcoming tour they're gonna go there. I mm. I remember hearing the name more recently, but mm-hmm. I can't remember where. <laughs> cool. So we get the season three intro again. It's pretty much the same thing now, but. Caitlyn has officially been featured in the intro this time because mm-hmm. last week it was the debut, but we had the question mark of Aloisa. Aloisa, yes. So yeah, we had her uh, her question mark silhouette there that, since we weren't sure her status at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, <laughs> we kind of start off the show as Cole is trying to introduce the show, and right off the bat, Vicky Guerrero kind of cuts him off. She uh, she comes out there. Or I should say, she comes out and she introduces her current boyfriend at the time, Mr. Zigglypuff himself. Yeah, buddy, Dolph Uh, Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler in the house, sporting... And this is something I didn't realize. So this is in 2010, and he's sporting the classic Attitude Era Intercontinental Championship. And I had forgotten how long that belt was around, because nowadays, belt designs, I think, only last about five years or so until they kind of redesign it or bring back like a classic version but i had forgotten how long that ic title design has been around because that's been around since the attitude era you know what i mean yeah it, you know what they at some point they changed it a little bit because they managed to get a nameplate in it mm-hmm. but it was yeah they had that belt for a good while like, yeah 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 from its first purple strapped inception to mm-hmm. boy like 20 2011 2012 or something like that they're running with that that oval design for a hot minute and you know what i never was a fan of it and i but i'm i'm happy to see that it stuck around as long as it did yeah i i really thought at this point i know cody was going to reintroduce the classic design around this time but when i finally saw it on ziggler i was like wow this uh this has been there for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. It just looked dated, like <laughs> it, it. It felt out of place because we're now in the HD. Because WWE had recently converted over to HD around the same time frame, mm. and in my head, I, the camera style is pretty much the same even now at modern WWE. Mm-hmm. So just to see that belt design, it 
really threw me off. Yeah, was, yeah. Whoa. Blast from the past. Yes. You know what? I'm not a fan of the current design. Oh, yeah. The the new Shinsuke one? Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was cool at first. And now that I keep seeing now that I don't see it on Nakamura, I don't like it. Mm, yeah, it did fit Nakamura a lot. Yeah, it looked like it was made for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's probably a new belt designer because I know they're a little bit different, but the kind of the style reminds me of the women's tag team titles. You know what mm. I mean? Where it's kind of like that more obscure shape. I think they do have a new belt dude, though. The, oh, okay. Like this whole, I think the side plate era is a, a different belt designer from like all the other ones before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. It it makes sense. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I liked it when it first debuted, but now it... Especially now after looking at the IC title one, I kind of agree with you where it's not my favorite one, mm-hmm. but it's probably the most iconic one for us growing up in that generation. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, like the original classic white strap IC title is still my favorite, you know? Yeah, I like the um, I like that belt design over the black strap. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Yeah, for sure. So I'll take I'll, uh, I'll let you take it from here because another thing that I totally forgot about was Ziggler's theme song. Yeah, <laughs> buddy boy, you ain't even know that he had the same song lyrics since like 2009, 2010 to now, baby. Yeah. His man is like what they see. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what it what is it? Something to something. <laughs> something to something. They broke the bow when, when they, they made him. him. I, I am perfection. perfection. <laughs> I honestly forgot because I think we've been hearing I'm here to show the world for close to 10 years now. He that, must have changed it like shortly after this. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Mm. Because I forgot about perfection. Like I know it existed, but it hasn't been in my head in the longest time until this episode, you know? You know what? Now that I think about it, this this might have been like when Cody had the 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 um the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he had this iron perfection one. Yeah. I think when Cody switched to the one with the more of a scream mm-hmm. was around the same time that Ziggler switched oh, his too. Okay. So yeah. I think they just whoever was doing them songs before it was probably the same vocalist and yeah. it was like no. We, <laughs> yeah. we're either gonna go with somebody else or you're gonna do it again but just totally different so because i don't know they seem to both have kind of had the same like kind of like progression of having theme songs that have had the same lyrics but just mm-hmm. with different people saying them you're like wait a minute yeah because even last week when we were listening to uh christian's song mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same lyrics but done by different performers or That's I- artists crazy. yeah yeah so it was in this in these uh first five minutes we just were hit with a lot of uh nostalgia i would say man <laughs> cool so speaking of more nostalgia this one threw me off as well because we got our boy primo and he had pyro so i called him pyro primo <laughs> i like that yeah pyro pyro primo, primo. <laughs> try to say that i did see that too i was like looking i was like is that little firework pinwheels yeah 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 i i remember this too but same thing i had of course not seen it in forever that i forgot that he had this type of pyro and at this point too i was like well wwe did have a lot of money to burn at this point i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) if primo got pyro then everybody was getting that pyro yeah (laughs) 
So, so then we get a shot around the ring, and they already have the obstacle course set up around ringside. So this is kind of the same strategy that season two had done. It's pretty smart because all the uh, obstacle courses were being set up in real time on season one. Mm-hmm. So they had definitely learned their lesson here and just kind of had it set up around the ringside. The matchup here, which is Dolph Ziggler and Caitlin going up against AJ and Primo. So to start off the match, it's Primo and, and Dolph. And yeah, uh, Primo hits a really nice dropkick on Dolph and he tags out to Caitlin at this point. So this is when this is also another mixed tag rules. So at this point, when uh, Ziggler tags out to Caitlin, AJ automatically has to come in. She hit a really nice sunset flip pin attempt. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about AJ. And yeah, I, I'll get more into this later, but I um, I'm already kind of giving the women a lot of props here just because of AJ's kind of I think we had mentioned it before about how well she sells things. And it's kind of the same thing here. Even on the offense, she does uh, a lot of motions to kind of mm-hmm. like make it seem more plausible, especially for her size. Like you would think like, oh, how can this woman of this size kind of bring down Caitlyn, who's mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot bigger? You know what I liked about this match was that it was really cool to see um, people who who sold really good, mm-hmm. but on both sides of the spectrum. Because like AJ Lee is pretty much like the female Dolph Ziggler at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So it's like then you had Dolph Ziggler on the other side. So it was just really cool to see. It was a lot of really good bumping in the match. It was like, just yeah, yeah. like really polished bumping in the match and i really appreciated that it was like man that's nice yeah no i i had here that uh yeah like caitlin hit like a really nice clothesline on aj and then you know sold it really mm-hmm. well there's a on commentary we're starting to get this context switch or i should say this overall new change in michael cole when mm-hmm. he starts going a little bit more heel and starts openly talking about not caring about the show <laughs> and that they're not paying him enough to do this stupid show i'm and i remember hearing that line because i remember watching this season when it first came out mm-hmm. and it kind of shocked me that he said that line and then just re-watching it now it's still kind of like threw me back but then it kind of makes more sense later on in the episode of like why he's saying all these mm-hmm. things so I remember watching this episode too. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty familiar. Yeah. So yeah, after Caitlin hits that nice clothesline, then uh she tags out to Ziggler. At that point, then Ziggler comes in and knocks Primo off the apron and starts stalking AJ as she's getting back up on her feet. From there, he's like blocking her to you know make sure that she doesn't hit her corner, even though in the rules technically she has to leave the ring and primo has to come in but i think he was just like messing with her just to kind of play mind games at that point Mm -hmm. so aj tries to kind of like duck him but after a while then she just hits him with a couple of slaps Mm -hmm. to uh get him out of the way and yeah he uh or i should say aj tags into primo and oh my gosh man primo i i i know i always like all the colognes pretty much but Primo has always been my favorite. <clears throat> Primo has always been my favorite. And I think this is the side that we never really get to see of him because obviously in modern WWE or even in the last five years, Primo and Epico have always just been kind of like mid carters or jobbers. Yeah, Primo, uh like if if you bring up all the colognes kind of the way you did, he's yeah. probably like had the uh I feel like he had the best of like all the worlds out of those three. Yeah. Like, what was it? Epico, he was the biggest. Like he kind of had the the best body. Mm-hmm. Carlito had the best like personality. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Primo was like kind of the best in ring and you know with personality at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh I was blown away because 
I don't think I've I remember liking Primo even more because around this time he was featured a lot, of course, on Superstars. And at that point, Superstars was on YouTube mm. that you can watch it. But this is before the network, of course. So I would like to watch these. Uh, it's kind of like me watching AEW Dark or NWA Power Now, where it's only available on YouTube that they don't have like a streaming site yet. Mm. So at the time, WWE was showing full episodes of Superstars. And I would remember remember him and a couple other people just having ri- oh uh, Tyson Kidd. Uh, they would have really, really good matches on Superstars that at this point, I remember liking Primo a lot just because he had mm. these really good matches. And that's definitely what we don't get now because he's either not featured or when he is, he's pretty much just jobbing out in like two or three oh. minutes, you know. So I was really impressed here where he did that really beautiful cartwheel into a drop kick and mm-hmm. it's super smooth. And yeah, of course, you have probably the two smoothest athletes in that era with Primo and Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. That's very true. Yeah, very yeah. true. Very good. Uh, especially at this time, very underrated um kind of competitors. Mm-hmm. There were actually a lot of good dudes around this time, but now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. they should uh, just go ahead and just open up NXT Latin America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, have your main dude trainer be Primo. Yeah. Because at, at this point, they could probably do it anywhere else not called Mexico. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why I said Latin America. <laughs> Just do it in El Salvador. Why not? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you NXT Latin America will be a hit. They've already kind of like kind of like dipped in there. I mean, they tried with was it with Tainara, ain't she? Like mm-hmm. yeah. But no, nah, man, they, it's so possible. They could do it. They just need to not be NXT Mexico. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be fine. <laughs> No, I, I totally agree. Bring back Carlito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. So in the uh, in the closing sequence here, Primo misses a corner splash and Mr. Zigglypuff hits the zigzag for the victory Boom. at 249. So afterwards, we start getting a pretty good presentation here by the uh, the camera crew where Caitlin runs into the ring and jumps into uh, Dolph's arms mm-hmm. and the camera crew do a really good job of quickly getting a reaction shot of Vicky Guerrero. So of course she was clapping at first before she had jumped into Dolph's arms. And then afterwards she kind of really just changed her mood and totally got a hundred percent jealous that uh, Mm -hmm. those two were celebrating with each other. So I thought it was really good because they just did something very subtle where, you know, Vicky didn't have to say anything. It was all on her facial expressions. To go console Vicky because it looks like something is bothering her. You know what's bothering She's me? She's got to be in a good mood. She's got to be happy. Jackie, I think that Vicky Guerrero and her her rookie diva Caitlyn they need to get on the same page. Cool, and I think it's going to go a long way to help Caitlyn perhaps becoming the next breakout diva here in the WWE. But look at Vicky's just down. She's sad. She's upset. Well, why is she upset? I don't know. Why don't you go ask her? You're the journalist. I am quite the journalist, but I I don't know what's wrong with Vicky. Vicky needs to get on the same page with her rookie diva. I think we'll definitely go over it more throughout the season, but I think I'll just mention it now where it's uh it's really awesome to see how much Vicky has grown throughout her time in the WWE at this point. Cause I would say ever since Eddie had passed away, she was probably featured on TV maybe a year after he passed away, mm. I think. So at this point, I think she's had close to five years of experience on TV and you can definitely tell at that point. Yeah, she definitely grew as a performer, mm-hmm. just like knowing what they were, what what she was there for, and really how to um, elicit, uh, how to elicit like a response from the crowd. Like it was just automatic. Like whenever she wanted a reaction from the crowd, mm-hmm. she would get it, and it was like 
when she started really started talking and she was delivering what she was saying, you still listen to it, but then you try to like boo in between, but she would find those pockets. Yeah. And then annoy you some more. And it's like, dang. <laughs> yeah. Cause even now I don't think too many heels generate the same amount of heat that Vicky did around this time. So that just speaks volumes. No, you're a woman for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you just no, nah, not at all. Yeah, but maybe heal at all. Exactly. Like, damn yeah. near. Like this is pure. I mean, Corbin is pretty unliked. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I would say definitely he he's up there. Yeah, he's he's up there of just like a naturally hateable person somehow. Like he's just so obnoxious, and you're just like, Ugh. but he hell good. Mm-hmm. No, oh, I've, man. I think we've talked about it before where I was always high on Corbin ever since his NXT days, even before he really started getting on the mic. Mm. And then, yeah, once he started developing that character, yeah, he's he's definitely improved. King Corbin. King Corbin. <laughs> so, yeah, we get the uh, a shot of the broadcast team, and this is where Michael Cole keeps adding on more to his heel character. And then they introduce us to Maxine's uh, rookie video package. <laughs> My name is Maxine. I am, I am the next WWE diva. I came from a very large family. I'm Spanish, Cuban, Italian, Hawaiian, Chinese. I went to school for criminology. Ended up doing on-scene investigation, working for the state attorneys. I was modeling on the side for quite a few years. I always grew up around a camera. My greatest physical asset is my eyes. Dancing is definitely a hidden talent. Salsa, I fell in love with the music and the rhythm and the beat. I'm a very strong-minded woman. You don't want to step on me. I'll be your best friend until you become my enemy. I realize that this is their dream, but they might need to find a new one. The only position for me in WWE is at the top. I want it all. Yeah, man, she uh, she she like uh, she studied in criminology, so she could get her law and order SVU on and hang out with Ice T and your Maxine. <laughs> Won't you uh, come over with me down to NXT? I heard y'all got a problem. <laughs> you ain't winning no matches. Wait, well, thanks. <laughs> and then, but didn't her uh, video package? She said like her best quality was like her eyes. Yeah, she was really putting a heavy emphasis. I mean, she's not lying. That is. The first thing that I notice when you see her like close up. I mean, yeah, but like, how is that going to help you as a wrestler? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you know what's interesting? And obviously, uh, we'll talk about it in the next couple of segments is in these video packages, you would kind of write her off. But later on, she does have really good mic skills. No, yeah, she, um, she reminds me of Alex Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like she she has this very specific point that she's trying to make and a very specific thing that she's like trying to convey. And she's gonna get there mm-hmm. no matter what position that like that you kind of set her up in. Like and you kind of see it in the next um like rookie challenges coming up and stuff. Like she gets to her point of what she's trying yes, to do. So yeah, like yeah. she to me is like this season's Alex Riley. Yes, that's a very good comparison because I think it's the same point with Riley, how we were kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. during season two, where a lot of the time he was really good on the microphone, but he may have just dragged on to what he mm-hmm. was trying to say. And I think it's the same way here. Just watching this video package, you don't instantly connect with her. But later on, when she's actually on a live mic is where mm-hmm. you see her personality really come out. Yeah, for sure. Like she um, consistent, mm-hmm. very consistent with what she's trying to like 
get across with her point. And like, I can appreciate that in, in like what she does. Yeah, totally agree. So we go to commercial and when we come back, there's a ad of WWE.com. And I noticed in one of the thumbnails that they had, there is uh, John Cena's movie with Danny Glover <laughs> saying that it, it is currently in theaters. Do you remember that movie? No. Okay. <laughs> so I just did a quick search and I forgot the name of it, but it's actually called Legendary. And it's John Cena's third featured film. Wait. Is that the um the movie where he likes some kid's brother and they do wrestling? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I for I remembered the image, of course, but I forgot what it was called. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I looked it up and yeah, it's technically his third leading film because of course the Marines the first one, then Twelve Rounds is the second movie. And yeah, so I know John Cena is doing it big in Hollywood now, but it's crazy to know that he actually got his start more than 10 years ago already. Seen him been making movies for the hottest of minutes right now. Yeah, so yeah. like for him to finally be I guess taken serious in movie roles is I think is really cool. Like mm-hmm. it's mad corny that he about to be in the next Fast and Furious cuz you know I don't like that franchise. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time it's like come on John, nail this. Yeah. Like, nail this. You got this. And I just want to see him kind of like go on and do bigger things or just like kind of build his brand and career the same way to rock did because john got it he could do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no he's he's definitely on the track to do it so we we give a shout out to mr john cena of course a long time listener it, john felix and <laughs> 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 um, a one since day one john felix anthony cena yes <laughs> prototype in the house <laughs> All right, so we go to our next uh, segment here, which is the Rookie Diva Challenge, and it is a joke-off. So before that, uh, AJ and Caitlin are already in the ring because they just had a match, and Stryker announces the rest of the rookies coming down to ringside. They Once uh, Naomi comes down, they kind of recap her uh, her strong showing from last week where she had won both challenges Mm -hmm. and she had won her first match as well so the uh the rules are pretty much the same where they're gonna have a couple seconds to tell a joke and then the winner is determined by the crowd in detroit Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you had any uh scorings i scored them all all right perfect (laughs) (laughs) so we will go with uh mrs punk here aj lee (laughs) i gave um I gave AJ a three because I appreciate the way that she was trying to deliver it. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> I I laughed more at Josh and uh, Cole's reaction. With yeah, this. yeah. It was like, oh, man, like she had the personality and like it was getting delivered and you could hear it. But then like once she got done, it was like, that wasn't even funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave her a three mainly off of a uh, performance and not necessarily the joke itself. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, so I... I think we'll kind of not go into detail with all of them. I might play some sound bites from each one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I totally agree with you here. And yeah, she kind of uh, the the fans I think started booing her like <laughs> about five to ten seconds into the joke in the first place. As soon as she started talking, boo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Man. it was ruthless. A, it's kind of a rough crowd. <laughs> ruthless. So next we have uh, Oksana. I gave Oksana a three uh-huh. because she can't even speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had to give her the benefit of the doubt that that joke was funny to her. And yep. her, like, <laughs> <laughs> like who am, I to, who am I to tell her 
that her joke from her country ain't funny if I don't fully understand it. Yeah, so yeah, I gave yeah. her the benefit of the doubt on three alone. Yes. <laughs> she kind of got the same reaction as as AJ where the crowd again started booing her as she was telling the joke. But I think same thing. I when she kind of reacted and even laughed at her own joke, I thought I thought it was cute. Yeah, and, I was yeah. like, you know what? Maybe that joke was really like it really hits in your country. Like yeah, yeah. Like, Lithuania. In Lithuania, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for all I know, that'd be one of the hardest jokes. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just give it an honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so next we have Jamie Keys. <laughs> Four. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, and it's like, I'm not saying it's cheating, but she already got that leg up on everybody on how to speak. So, mm-hmm. but her joke was funny because she got to insult some of the other people at the same time. Yeah. She clowned on AJ and Oksana. I think what won her over too is because she did a really good job of make of having a uh, crowd participation. Yeah, she did it twice, so I was like, oh, "Okay, this is tight." Yeah. Sure. So I'll I'll definitely play a clip of mm-hmm. of her joke. <laughs> Detroit, I'm gonna need some help tonight. Can you oh, help me? God. Oh, please stop! Knock knock. AJ. Come on, guys, you can be louder than that. Exactly. Oh yeah, Maxine. Uh, what was her joke? It wasn't even like a joke. It was just like she was talking trash. Yeah, she pretty much just cut a heel promo on you know AJ. What? Yeah, yeah. So uh I gave her two because she didn't tell a joke. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing was to try to tell a joke. I don't care how good your promo was, Riley Jr. <laughs> but tell a joke. So I went two. Yeah, this kind of started a uh, a fight between AJ and Maxine. So Maxine, hella violent. She is, <laughs> she, but she's not the only one because we'll we'll get to that one. Mm. But yes, so Stryker had to kind of separate them after uh, she kind of cut a heel promo on her, and they started fighting. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, and then we have Caitlyn. Wait, oh, wait, do we do Naomi already? Uh oh no, sorry. Uh, so Naomi goes. Oh, uh, three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Because uh, it actually made me chuckle. <laughs> it did. It was very short, but it did make, I think, the same thing. I think half the crowd probably didn't hear it, and half the crowd did hear it, and, and they also chuckled. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it got a legit, it was corny, but it got a legit chuckle out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that score as Three well. Three and a half. Three and a half. So, yeah, uh, last but not least, it's Caitlin, and I... I will say that I was laughing harder at Josh and Cole's reaction during this whole segment because when before Caitlin even told the joke, she was like, she got the microphone and she was like, hello, is this thing on? And then there's like absolute silence. But then Josh and Cole just die on the microphone at that <laughs> point. Like you can tell that they were really just really just having a crack Bruh, at this. Is uh, Stryker mic'd up with them? Yeah. So this oh, is, this, you can hear him laughing at them. Yeah, this is the part two in the segment where I forgot that Stryker, because I believe Stryker did the same thing in season two, where someone, I think Cole probably made like a smart Alec joke and then he kind of like responded to it on 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 the live <laughs> microphone so during this segment i had forgot i was like oh yeah striker can totally hear everything that cole and, and josh are talking about so it's the same thing here especially in the next episode oh my gosh like striker could not hold him hold himself together he was oh, laughing man. at all the jokes going on they was killing him with the jokes yeah. man oh that's so brutal <laughs> 
So at this point, then oh, I was, sorry, what, she what, got a two. She got a two because she like she didn't tell a joke either, right? Yeah, she pretty much was setting up a joke, and then she slaps AJ. Yeah, and then oh yeah, because she was like uh, KGB, and, then, <laughs> and then she just like slapped her. Like what? It's not even a joke. And at this point, AJ didn't even want to participate in the joke because she's still mad about brawling with Maxine. <laughs> so then. She thought she was cool with Caitlyn, and then Caitlyn slaps her, and then she starts fighting Caitlyn again. So hey, was, man, they violent. Yeah, <laughs> but so after Stryker gets control of everything, then he does a uh, a crowd pull, and then yeah, Jamie ends up getting the loudest pop from the group. Hey, man, it was the best joke. It was it was legitimately the best <laughs> it joke. Was and legit, the best joke. <laughs> I'm happy the crowd agreed. Yeah. <laughs> So after this, then we go and we finally get kind of an explanation of why Cole has been acting like a jerk at this point, and we get introduced to uh, Gong Cole. Oh yeah, say. man, he was tearing it up. <laughs> I didn't know where that thing came from, but it, I was it, crying, laughing when it came out. It was it was definitely not on camera, like during the whole show until that part. So Michael Cole had this huge gong like right next to him during uh during the segment and finally we get the camera that reveals it as he's like banging it and then he just starts saying that you know everyone in the arena should be gong because this was this is terrible and and everything and so i i i know this is a a hundred percent sudden change from what we got last week because last week michael cole and josh were treating this uh the season premiere like they treated the rest of NXT where they treated it with respect and they were kind of like following the the mm-hmm. format of the show. But now all of a sudden Michael Cole has gone hundred percent heel and is totally like dogging the entire concept of NXT. So I know I remember at this time there's a reason for it. I'm pretty sure the ratings weren't doing as well. And uh, I think I even talked about it in season one where the initial ratings were pretty decent where I think NXT was getting like 2.0s. Mm-hmm. So they were getting at least 2 million people to watch this, but as uh, the season started, you know, winding down, they started getting lower and lower. And I think same thing with season two. So I think probably something had happened by the time season three started where the ratings probably weren't doing that well at all. And I think they were just really trying to just freshen it up or they totally were starting to abandon the whole show. You know what Mm, I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause at this point, Cole was openly, just not caring about it and i know they were going more in that direction of him being like his heel character mm-hmm. but they were really getting that concept over more than the show itself mm-hmm. yeah so mm. i know i know a lot of people have mixed feelings about that because obviously he's kind of dogging he, he kind of buries the show yeah he's, he's burying the show and at the same time he's burying it where it's the females so it's kind of i know why people had mixed feelings about this is because he didn't do it uh uh mm-hmm. with the males in season two so the fact that he's burying the nxt show concept during the women's season kind of got like a negative light i remember even during uh during that time in 2010 so i of course have mixed feelings on it but i think from watching these two episodes he wasn't openly burying the women he was really just burying like the concept of nxt you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah. yeah yeah like the competition and like all the little games and mm-hmm. stuff yeah, like, yeah yeah that's what he's really kind of like not paying attention to or kind of like ragging on and whatnot exactly like, man what is this yeah so re-watching it now i think it's hilarious but i can definitely see why why people had mixed feelings mm-hmm. of, about his uh his character and like the overall difference in in this season 
Uh, so after that, we go to commercial breaks and uh, we have the first matchup, which is Jamie versus Oksana. Another fun fact is that this is technically the first ever singles. Uh, I should say the first ever women's singles match in NXT history. Uh, so dramatic. <laughs> so oh, if man. you ever want a fun fact to trick people, it's not Charlotte. It's not Sasha. It's Jamie Keys and Oksana. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like they were learning on the fly, too. Man. Oh, yeah. So I had that here where. Uh, well, first, before the match started, Josh and Cole were kind of making fun of Jamie of like, oh, I, I kind of remember her. And then they were you know, just saying like, oh, yeah, she was our former ring announcer. Uh-huh. And yeah, I think the this was what I kind of wanted to get from your perspective and, you know, from your experience. So the first thing I noticed about this match is that clearly they're, they're both really green. Uh-huh. And to me, I saw that Oksana was kind of lead, you know, leading the match and. I looked it up. So Oksana actually has the most experience between the two because she had made her in-ring debut earlier. This or I should say she had made her in-ring debut earlier that year in January of 2010 in mm. in FCW. And then Jamie made her in-ring debut in May of the same year. Mm. So the first thing I noticed is that Jamie really sells her bumps more like a slight delay <laughs> where she's kind of doing like a stuntman fall, like more upward yeah, in she, the air. Uh... She makes her bumps. So, mm-hmm. well, what is that? That's more like a schoolboy bump, like where mm-hmm. you jump up high. Like, that's almost kind of the bump that you would do to simulate suplexes and stuff. Yeah. So, she was doing the wrong bump. Like, she was supposed to snap to the ground hella fast. Like, I seen, I, like, I was kind of like looked away and I looked back. I was like, what did she do to her to make her fall like that? Exactly. And yeah. then, like, I seen her do it again. And I was like, why did you fall like that from a clothesline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, that's why I was, I was, uh, I was wondering when I was watching this match, I was like, yeah, I definitely wanted to get your feedback because I knew right away that she wasn't doing the quick snap to the, to the, uh, to the floor mm-hmm. bump that she was like, doing. uh, when you, when you snap, like if you, cause it was off of one clothesline and then it was off another, clo- like yeah. they were back to back. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, if you're going to hit that, you got to hit that snap quickly enough that way you got enough time to get up and turn around and look at them again mm-hmm. for to get ready for the next clothesline but if you're doing all that flying yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. like fly for a little bit and the other person's like waiting for you to get up and then Oksana's supposed to be leading the match because she the heel mm-hmm. but I mean it just didn't really look like that I mean she tried you kind of see her trying to lean on certain spots but she was just so anxious to do stuff she didn't yeah. really give Jamie no time to set up so that was actually a very interesting match to watch yeah. to see like the spots that they ran and how they ran them and like how quickly they got right back to their headlock when they looked lost. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They definitely <laughs> went to that spot or like doing the arm uh, mm-hmm. arm hold. Yeah, you get them rest holds and that chain wrestling and start talking. Yeah. Converse. So, <laughs> so in the uh in the closing sequence, Oksana correct uh same thing, like Oksana corrects Jamie when uh she was running the opposite turnbuckle and, mm-hmm. and she corrected her by throwing her into the hard cam corner. Yep. And at that point, Oksana misses a corner attack and Jamie counters her with a roll up and gets the win at 204. So I had here that I thought this was really sweet where I think this was a genuine moment where after the match, the Bella twins come in the ring and celebrate with Jamie. But then they do a camera shot to Oksana and Goldust because Goldust had gone onto the apron and started talking to Mm. Oksana. And I thought it was genuine because you can kind of tell like Goldust was really like talking to her 
in her ear and mm-hmm. really just kind of giving her feedback. And I knew this was genuine because she wasn't playing a character at that point because mm-hmm. she, she could have been doing like the heel, like pouty or, you know, just being upset about she losing. She was just sitting there and she was listening. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. It was like an actual genuine moment of he probably was was praising her for like leading the match too, mm-hmm. and for as well as she did, but mm-hmm. you know, tell her what she could have did better and just stuff like that, you know. So that's like really good. I I, I like the concept of the show to for them to really, you know, they really probably spend some extra time with these people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they get to like learn a lot from them. Like even the ones who were probably like pros for a little bit, like. I bet you Caval learned all kind of like weird stuff from like uh, Layla and Michelle yeah, yeah, that he would have just never known, like doing what he'd been doing on the indie scene for so long. So I think that everybody that came from like the NXT kind of system mm-hmm. really benefited it. I think I think you're making a, a a really really good point because I I remember at the time that you know I made fun of like the concept of the the show, the mm-hmm. original rookie and pro pairing, but. I think as the years go by now that we're actually watching these episodes, I think it's exactly what you just said, where it really captures like what they were going for in concept for just an entertainment value Mm -hmm. with the show. But when you really saw it, they were actually doing it for that purpose of actually getting these uh, rookies to to get them TV experience mm -hmm. and getting them just like a different kind of exposure that like just being an FCW. Yeah. Like wasn't going to give them. It was almost like, man, how could we, Basically, it came. It was the idea right before they did it. It was like, how can we get some of these people from FCW some TV experience before we send them straight to TV? Yeah. Then it was like, oh, let's do this thing. And then it was like, hey, how can we train people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how can we train people to get them ready for TV and not put them straight on Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I. So now that we're going back to these seasons, I have more of an appreciation for him for what they were actually going for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I look at, you know, Daniel Bryan and Miz, you know, he might've really had an attitude about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like I've been a pro for this long. Like what I have to mm-hmm. like follow this reality dude around. And then they started like doing stuff together. And then I bet you he was like, wow, you know what? I'm, I see, I see it from a different, you know, a different angle. Like you yeah. telling me stuff that I on the indie scene would have never picked up. Like, you know, this different type of like, camera cues Mm -hmm. and just like different things with your character and like the performance of it not just like the athleticism in the wrestling yeah so i think you know i'm saying like that kind of stuff just went leaps and bounds for like all of them because that you get it really only seems like the people who came from this are kind of some of the ones who last the longest too yeah like Mm -hmm. dan ryan's still around like he slayer's still around Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like it's really cool to just see it and just be like wow you came from that yeah no i i think i think you nailed it on uh nail on the head there we're perfect (laughs) so after this then we get uh naomi's intro video package and i thought it was good i think it's a lot of the stuff that we had talked about on the previous episode but kind of the same thing where it's crazy knowing even at this point how much of a, a person, you know, how much personality she has and how much of a distinct look she had compared to everyone else. You know? Yeah. Like uh, what I write, I wrote, uh, I really liked it because it was like even then she knew exactly who she was and was like, that's exactly who she became. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like she said it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not like all the other ones. I'm more athletic and I'm just going to be me. And then it's like you look at her now and you're like. 
and you're not like all the other ones. Yeah. You're hella athletic. You're still just you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you kept you kept your word. True to your word. Like <laughs> ten years later, it was like told yeah. you. Yeah. Man, savage. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely play the clip from uh, the video package. My name is Naomi, and I'm from Orlando, Florida. I would describe my personality as spunky, sporty, and very spontaneous. Growing up with four brothers prepared me really well. It toughened me up a lot, and I think it's going to prepare me well for the WWE. My style is very unique from the other divas because I'm athletic. I have so much to show to WWE fans that I'm not just a dancer. I plan to stand out from the other divas by doing everything I possibly can that I know they can't do. None of the other girls move like me or have my athletic ability, and I think true WWE fans will appreciate that and want to see me perform. My message to the other divas is to bring your A-game and be prepared because Naomi is here to win. After commercial, we go back and we uh, we see a graphic doing the night of champions rundown and they also mentioned that uh there's gonna be oh actually yes i'll let you take over right this is is this it bro this is the undertaker (laughs) versus kane yeah night of champions 2010 okay i have i have no notes on this so i'm letting you run with this oh my god bro so like i was sitting there and i'm watching the video package and i was like what is this yeah and then like I was supposed to be taking notes and I was just like, I got totally enthralled because the Undertaker <laughs> was talking and he was talking about how from the start, Kane was like sick. Yeah. And he was like crazy or something like that. And I was like, you know what he was? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, from the stuff that he did when we were kids and what he did to our family and then showed him do all kind of like flaming stuff and then like when he made his debut and they showed the like the vignettes it's like oh my god it's Kane yeah, yeah. that's his brother Tombstone that fool it's like oh man I ain't never seen the Undertaker get Tombstone yeah, yeah. whoa so it was like I for, I almost forgot about how kind of cool Kane was yeah for a homegrown like oh yeah, yeah thing yeah. that they was just like hey why don't we try this and, yeah yeah and then you look at what he became and it was like man Mass Kane was crazy he was doing all kind of stuff and then the Undertaker was still like all of his. He said he's so sadistic, <laughs> crazy, and then, and then you just see like Kane setting him on fire, burying him alive, setting somebody else on fire, yeah. burying people. You're like, oh my god, he's right. He's really sadistic. <laughs> Tell me more, Undertaker. And it is like, what else did he say? He's like, you know, you don't deserve that title or something like that. And he said, the devil's. The devil's favorite, uh, <laughs> what he said, the devil's favorite son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Need I remind you that <laughs> <laughs> that I built the land that the devil plays on?" Oh, that's and a good was, line. I'm sitting there like, oh, damn, he's writing rhymes with the bro. <laughs> I was sitting there like, dude, that's a bar, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hard. <laughs> Man, it it didn't like came like they showed when Kane first took off his mask and uh, like yeah. Jared King like. Oh, what is that face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just see them like <laughs> come back the next week. I was like, dang, man. Even even ball headed without the mask came was dope because he was still sadistic. And yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. oh, now he just like murdering people without the mask. And yeah. it's like, oh, you don't even care no more. Yeah. And then he's like, and then, <laughs> and then the Undertaker's like, you're not fit. Oh, you are unfit to hold that title. <laughs> and he's like, 
you are unfit to call yourself my brother. And ooh, I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then Kane was like laughing and he was talking about like, blah, blah, this title will now become like your grave or something like that. And then he's like, and then the Undertaker says something like, don't make me remind you that this is still my yard. <laughs> and I was like, well, you've been saying that for like 10 years now? Oh, man. Yeah. I just, I'm so, I, I watched it. <laughs> I, I watched it. And I was like, man, this is crazy. I can't wait to talk about it, talk about it later. Yeah. And then, like, Jamie got home from work and then, like, I put it on again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, like, wow, this is so good. And then <laughs> she was like on her phone and didn't notice, but I was like, man, I'm going to have to show you this. This yeah, is yeah. ridiculous. It's, it took like a whole <laughs> <laughs> decade long, or what? When it came debut, 98? Yeah, that's like twelve years. They just summarized their whole careers together up until that point. Kane was like, "That one time they <laughs> called us the Brothers of oh, Destruction," yeah, 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 yeah. and I was like, "Oh, they did." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I I didn't have enough time because I saw that there wasn't any direct Nexus or se- <laughs> season one updates. So I was like, "Okay, I'll I'll check this out later." But I'm really glad that you uh, you, no, sum- <laughs> you really summarized that one. That whole promo is like video package is great. I wasn't ready for none of that because I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna write my notes from Naomi stuff," and then it started up, and I was just like, <laughs> "What is this? Yeah, yeah, what's happening?" All right, for sure, I'm definitely gonna go go back and watch it. Though. You got to. I fa- I watched it again on YouTube, like oh, okay. just to find it. I yeah, was like, yeah. oh, oh, this is it. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> it's so good, and it's only like four minutes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so after that amazing promo, <laughs> we get a uh, we get an interesting thing that I'm definitely gonna do research for the next episode, where apparently they now are replaying some of these. Uh, episodes of nxt but there's like a live chat feature when they show the replay Hmm. and josh mentions that it's hosted by joey styles and then cole goes like who he still works here and he's like oh my gosh (laughs) he's just making fun of him so i did a quick search and i didn't realize that yeah styles came back in uh 2005 to do commentary on raw briefly Mm -hmm. and then he moved over and did more work with uh wwe's digital media for the website and a couple of advertising and everything like that Hmm. so he was actually there from 2005 until 2016 so technically he was there longer than his infamous run in ecw where he was there from 1999 (laughs) till 2001 so i had never known that technically he's been employed by wwe longer yeah Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Every time, man. Every time. Every time. <laughs> so afterwards, then we have a backstage promo with Vicky Guerrero, Dolph Ziggler, and Caitlin. They kind of show a replay of earlier tonight when they were celebrating and Vicky's uh, jealousy. Caitlin, can you excuse us for a oh, minute? Sure. Thank you. I said yeah. excuse me. What's the deal? What is all that about? Oh, what? We won. Yeah, we're both all over each other. No, she jumped into my arms. She was excited. We won, I win all the time, but it was the first time. If you pull that again, you're going to lose all of this. <laughs> uh, Vic, 
Ricky, I'm telling you, he's no good for you. Leave him. Dolph kind of denies it that there's nothing to it. Mm. And then Vicky kind of uh, does a gyration and says mm. that, oh, yeah, well, if you keep at it, then you'll you're never gonna... get this. <laughs> and then Cole starts chuckling a little bit. But I thought it was. Uh... I didn't even get it when I first like seen it. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I had to double take in my mind. I was like, what do you mean this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. That's why I'm supposed to be a boyfriend. Yeah. 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 So afterwards, then we have the uh, final segment, which is the Diva Challenge, and it is the return of the obstacle course. It's the best one, bro. It it's, is. It's the best one. So, so the kind of recap, it's uh, very similar to the one from season two, but they just kind of gave it the NXT season three colors of mm-hmm. purple and yellow. And uh, before it starts, Vicky actually comes back Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she says that, you know, she'll show everyone how to do the perfect run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. She did a pretty good job up until the balancing beam part of it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, like she got through the whole thing. You actually see that she was trying and whatnot. And like she fell. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, she got mad. She mean, she might have really twisted her angle for all we know. But. That actually took a very long time. Like, the, oh, yeah. from the point that she came out and started talking and then she tried to do it, that's pretty long. So, yeah, she was definitely getting a lot of heel work in there by making the crowd wait. And afterwards, she threw a temper tantrum mm-hmm. after she uh, kind of uh, kayfabe the injury. <laughs> so, then we go to commercial break and then we actually get uh, Caitlin who goes first and sets the bar at 36.5 seconds. And she even got some style points in there at the at the very end. Oh yeah, she, she like jumped on the box at the end. I was yeah, like, Whoa. yeah, and she just like did a little uh, little pose there. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak kid. Yes. <laughs> tranquilo. Tran- oh yeah, she was uh, tranquiloing it before Mister uh, Mister and Mrs. Vega. <laughs> no, I, I can't say that because people will think it's Al- Alex Alistair yeah, Black. Mister and Mrs. Flair. Flair. There you go. Flair. Flair. Oh nice. <laughs> So we have Oksana next, and she got pretty close. She got 37.2. And I think the only thing she kind of struggled with was, I think, probably the um, the platforms of jumping. You know, man, when I was looking at them do this, I really think they didn't know when they wanted to stop the timer. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when Caitlyn did it, she got the box over, yeah. the, over the line. Yeah. When everybody else did it, they got, like, their whole bodies Body, over yeah, the line. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get to that in a second where... <laughs> so, when she... when uh, After Oksana was done, then we had AJ, and she lost some time because the referee had corrected her positioning on the push-up box mm-hmm. section. So, she finished at 46 seconds. Then we had Maxine, and she also lost some time on the balancing. She was doing hella good. Yeah, too. yeah, 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 yeah. She, she, if she didn't mess that part up on the balance beam, I think she would have like technically broke it. I think so. Yeah, because she got thirty nine point one, and then this is where the uh, half caneness comes in mm-hmm. because we have Jamie, and she had a really good pace. And then at the very end, I think you're right, where she knew that she had to show. A strong character but maybe she shouldn't have won because as she was pushing the box she definitely like slowed down mm. to like try to like make sure she didn't beat caitlin's time and she got uh 36.8 so she barely lost mm-hmm. but i think you were right where because she pretty much was on pace to Dude, do it she hella beat that one i yeah, was like yeah, wait yeah. a minute oh yeah either they stopped the clock later or she just tried to hold back because 
she won really yeah <laughs> uh i laughed here because during this point then this is where michael cole gets really frustrated because he had said that uh last night i was calling john cena and randy orton in and, a tables match. <laughs> and now, now I'm, I'm doing <laughs> this and i was like i was like is that a joke <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so last but not least we have uh naomi and so <laughs> So, yeah, I think I had the same thing here where Stryker had heard what Michael Cole was saying and like started laughing at at, <laughs> at his comments there. And, yeah, Naomi was pretty much stopped at every section where like the referees were correcting her. on Because she was going to win. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they knew it. And he's like, ah, well, uh, we need to find some reason to make you not win. Yeah. <laughs> we know you're about to win. Yeah. This night. So she unfortunately finishes worst at uh, 57.4. So, yeah, Caitlin was the first to go, and she set the bar pretty high and, and is your winner with 36.5 seconds. We are the bar. We are the bar. And so afterwards then, uh, yeah, Michael Cole really doesn't give a <laughs> doesn't really give a crap here where he goes 100 percent heel on the entire show. He uh, makes fun of everybody from the audience to the uh, participants mm. and says, you know, same thing. He was the war correspondent and now he's doing this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, yeah, I was a war correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he pretty much quits the show. And, uh, as he's walking up the ramp, then he's even doing like a fake applause to Caitlin for her victory. <laughs> I was clapping. I was cheering for you. I think he was mouthing. Off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, pretty much how we close the show, but, I uh, I thought kind of what I was mentioning earlier. I thought it was pretty fun overall, and I will get to the. Uh, Bro, you gonna see it in my scores? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the post show fun facts here. So, as I mentioned earlier, technically Jamie and Oksana are the first ever singles match, women's match, I should say, in NXT history. Then uh, we have a new record which we just broke last week, but now we are breaking two records here. Where this now is the episode with the worst time and worst percentage where we, I should say, this is the episode with the worst time, worst in-ring wrestling time and the worst in-ring percentage time where it is now four minutes and 53 seconds of wrestling total in the show. And that averages out to 10%, uh, 10.86% in the whole show because this was a longer show and it had less wrestling, so it broke the percentage. So definitely know where they're going as far as the direction of this season, where it's definitely more entertainment based rather than the wrestling. And uh, this is also Dolph Ziggler's first matchup in NXT. So I think I like the format that we did last week where we'll just go and do the scores for each category and we'll just kind of bounce off of each other. So I'll let you go with commentary first commentary man you know i'm wearing four. Ooh, nice. i'm going to solid four because like uh just seeing the shift yeah in michael cole over the night was pretty funny for me yeah josh responding to it and then <laughs> them, i think it was just it was really good commentary banter in this episode oh yeah 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 for sure i i gave it a uh 3.5 only because i know it's coming next week <laughs> mm. so i wanted to set I wanted to give him a really good score, but then I know that next week's shenanigans are definitely going to be even higher. So mm. uh, I gave it a 3.7 for the, the uh, 3.5 for the same reasons. And yeah, like I know 
it's a mixed feelings, but that will kind of reflect in my entertainment scores. But mm. what did you give the matches here? I gave them two. Ooh, okay. For the number of matches that they had. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Period. I uh, I didn't know, but I think I am going to make my switch there. I think I had to make a last minute change there and also agree with you and make it a two. Mm-hmm. I originally had it as a 2.5, but I think I had only given it because I, I did enjoy the effort between Oksana and Jamie. Mm. But now when we kind of look at it from more of a statistics angle mm-hmm. i think you're right i don't think it would have been fair to give it that high of a score nah, man now when you break down how short the the wrestling content was yeah i think i also originally gave it that score because i really like the short brief encounter between ziggler and primo mm. but yeah i think i think you made the right that call. match uh, seemed longer than it was too. Mm-hmm. yeah uh okay what'd you give uh production here <laughs> four oh wow okay <laughs> that uh <laughs> Clash of Champions promo video killed me, man. <laughs> it like opened the whole episode. Like right after that promo, I was like wide open and ready to receive the rest of the episode, like with open arms. Like, yeah, yeah. It just set the tone. I was like, man, you know what? This is entertaining as hell. And yeah. then I really like obstacle courses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, it, but that Clash of Champions, man, four, bro. Like, it was so epic to me. Yeah. I it ain't got nothing to do with the show production, but it's part. <laughs> I mean, we, we are counting this as far as uh show production, booking, and yeah, video packages. So I think that's Oh, you know what? And then um yeah, no, yeah, booking, booking, the booking was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh the tag match. The only problem I guess I have with the booking is like maybe the duration of the matches, but yeah, the way yeah. that the matches were put together was part of a good production, though. I think like they fit in the, the right pockets that they did. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I gave it a three because I think kind of balancing everything and maybe I will change it later mm-hmm. <laughs> after I see that night night of champions. Probably. Me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I I gave it that because, yeah, I think on the same pace is that I I like the pacing of it, but yeah, I definitely wish that the matches were a little bit longer, but I understood based on what they were trying mm-hmm. to set up here. Uh, but yeah, what what is your entertainment score? Four. Yes. I told you, man. <laughs> it was that. It was the, the, the video packages. And I really like the Naomi one, too. Mm-hmm. I like the Naomi one, the Clash of Champions, and then uh, the obstacle course like just had me enthralled for that episode. So that's a solid four. Yeah. I think when we... The difference between production and entertainment is, yeah, what we mentioned with production is more of the overall visuals, the booking, and then like the pacing of the show. I think for entertainment is what we're classifying as what the athletes are actually uh, showcasing when Mm -hmm. it when uh, when they're doing more of their personality versus the wrestling. Mm -hmm. And same thing with the announcers, especially Michael Cole and Josh in this episode Mm -hmm. where. Oh, and also the uh, the 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 way that the audience is reacting to the show. If you get that combination, then that's where I, I believe you get a really good score in entertainment. No, definitely. So yeah, I also went with a four based on like how well everyone was like under a game when it came to like the fun factor of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could have, I think we could have a show where it could be like, you could have low matches, maybe some low commentary and low production and still be highly entertained. Somehow. Exactly. Like, yeah, what yeah. The heck? yeah. I, and that's why I think it's, it's night and day between this episode and the season premiere where 
I genuinely, when I was doing the quick recap of the episode, I was like, man, I really want to watch this episode <laughs> in full. And I was not disappointed. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I also very much enjoyed the episode. It was it was like, man, what am I watching? And yeah. then it got to it. And it's like, wow, I'm having fun right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So with our combined score, this episode gets a... 3.3 3, which mm. which is a huge jump from, from out of last, the mud yeah <laughs> definitely out of the mud so yeah compared to last week's 2.6 it is definitely jumped up there as far as uh quality entertainment <laughs> nice hold up so that will do it for that episode and a preview for next week's episode is that we get our first six woman tag team match which also features some returning alumni i will not say who mm. but we will have some returning faces on the next episode I am perfection. with that i will kind of just give our weekly plug of the podcast itself where if this is your first time tuning in thank you very much but we do have two seasons in the back pocket where we have season one and season two of nxt which features the uh, Nexus cast in season one. And for season two, it features the Nexus 2.0 cast, I would say. Damn, right. <laughs> but uh, the new Nexus. The new That's Nexus. what they call yeah, the new yeah, Nexus. There, there you go. Ah, Jesus, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, pretty fun seasons when we covered it, where you have a lot of the people who are taking over the world of wrestling now where we have Mr. Fiend himself, Bray Wyatt, and uh, Daniel Bryan. Who's and then you got Cody. Yes, and Cody. Yes. God. So definitely tune into those if this is your first time listening to uh, season three. Definitely go back and listen to our older stuff. (laughs) Uh, Did you have any plugs this week? Dolph Ziggler. Here to show the world or perfection? (laughs) You know, if you're going to show the world, you might as well do it with perfection. So Dolph Ziggler gives my shout out for today, and I don't know why. (laughs) He will definitely be the outro music this week. That is (laughs) for damn sure. (laughs) All right, man. So for Primo Nando and Larry Larry, we will wish you adieu. Have a good one. Nice.